0: Right, we'll continue the theme of Is Your Christianity Too Safe this morning. If you've not seen me before, met me before, I'm Barry, I'm one of the leaders here. Normally having fun behind a piano or a guitar, but it's my absolute privilege to share part of um, Pastor Jamie's series with you today. I love this one, because as I've dug into this, this is all about embracing the mess today. And we're going to have a little bit of a look at what's the mess that scares us off, but also what's some of the mess that we get scared of inside ourselves, what's some of the messy situations God might take us into. Um, You've got notes to follow through, I'm going to leave this for two minutes because this is your only chance to get all this filled in if you like filling in the missing words. (laughs) So these are the series questions, I'm not going to come back to these, get your pens out, get scribbling while I talk. Um, We've been looking at, I can't quite read that back one, my eyes are getting older, is Christianity supposed to keep us safe or are we intended to be dangerous? You can be either in here this morning, you know that? It's okay to be in here and be safe, it's okay to be in here and to be a dangerous Christian, I can see one or two. But none of this is about judgment this morning. I'm preaching this as much to myself, as much as I'm sharing it with you. This is about God saying, if you want it, children, there's more. If you want it, much love, dear, valued ones, there's more. So that's what we talk about when we say that. Do we spend all our energy avoiding doing things wrong? I know at work I do. I'm not sure about home life. Claire can testify to that another time. But should we spend all our energy doing that? Or should we just push on in deeper? Should we step out and try to do something right? And the right there doesn't mean it's right ticked in the worldly sense. It's right as in God says you can do this. I've got promises in here that say I can do this. Are we surviving or are we thriving? How are you doing on filling these in? Do I need to read any more out? No? And I can't see anyone furiously scribbling away. Are we hanging in there or getting out there? So we're already going to look at a bit of mess. And you may be messy enough. But what if you're not? What if you're up for embracing a bit more muck and a bit more of whatever the world throws at you? Because there's some promises in here, just like I prayed at the end of that song, that God's up for the normal being changed. Yeah. There's no reason we have to walk back out of those doors exactly the same as we came in. And if that means we embrace the mess and we challenge it and we say, Jesus, by your power and by your might, then in we go. So, I'm going to start in the Word because that's way better than just me. We're going to jump straight into Luke five twelve to 13. Those of you that have seen me speak here before, you can give a little cheer for the word whenever it comes, if you want. There you go. We like the word. We celebrate it. It's full of wisdom. And I'm convinced there's nothing we face in life that hasn't got an answer somewhere in here. But Father, we pray for the revelation this morning, the wisdom to understand it, and for lives to be changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, Luke 5, 12-13. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Wow. A healing to start with. It's a good way to dive in, isn't it? But you know what? The more I've studied this, getting ready for today, it's too easy to miss the depth. Do you understand what's going on in here? Because I didn't. I've read this story before as it's a healing. Man came with a horrible disfiguring disease. Leprosy back in those days wasn't as understood as it is today, but even today it's not nice, not by a long shot. If you go and, um, well, it's actually, it takes its name from the Greek word, bizarrely, leprosy, lepra. There's a lepra.org website that you can go to, and you can understand more about Leprosy Mission today and my word, my compassion was stirred again for those who suffer with it and the bravery of those who go in to minister step in completely without fear to go and reach those who need it because it's a scary disease the Hollywood makeup on the picture if you can see it behind me doesn't quite do it justice you can see nasty burns and scars and boils on his skin but this was a scary disease back in those days and actually the the Greek word I mentioned it refers to all sorts of disfiguring diseases that affect the skin And people viewed those as, that meant someone was unclean. There was a reason they had this disease. They'd been judged. They'd sinned. And from that place, they decided to separate people off. Look back to Leviticus 13, 45 to 46. You don't have to turn to it right now. If you can, you've got a couple of seconds to get there. But it's so worth, when you look at the stories in the Gospels, go and find what they refer back to. If you can get one of those Bibles that gives you the references, that's what I use... And you understand what had been spoken over people in this time, that if they had leprosy, they were separate, they were out. Unless they were healed. So if they could be healed, they could be made clean, then they were allowed back in to be in community, back in to be with people. But there's a whole eight days of cleansing rituals and time with the priest and sacrifices that had to be made. This was not an easy thing at all. So leprosy in this time meant separation. I'm going to read to you from Leviticus 13. It says, anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes. This is why that picture doesn't do it justice. He's dressed quite well for a man of that time. So the photo tells me anyway, Hollywood does. Let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, which that man isn't there, and cry out, unclean. I'm not sure I could cry that out if that was me. I think that would be a word that would be bubbling from just deep inside the depths of my shame somewhere saying, unclean, no. But they were meant to cry it out so that everyone else knew, I'm separate from you, I'm not allowed in. I'm not good enough to be with you. I've sinned, I've been judged as unclean. And it says in the text, they must, sorry, they must live alone, they must live outside the camp. So forgive the picture borrowed from kids' work, this is the next one but I didn't want to get too heavy with lots of pictures of those suffering with leprosy but you get the point from this, don't you? yeah, it raises a smile but it's actually quite when you stop and think what's going on this is someone being judged this is like all of you guys being in here and the nearest I can get is outside that glass door because I've been told I'm unclean I'm not welcome to be in this is what was going on in Luke this is what gets me so excited that Jesus wasn't just healing someone Jesus was saying, all that thing I've just talked to you about, about separation, about not being allowed into God's kingdom, forget that. Jesus is saying, you are. You're forgiven. You're clean. You're allowed in. Jesus was taking the normal that they knew back in those days and turning it completely on its head. Because not only was the man healed and made well, but he didn't have to go through the cleansing sacrifice. He didn't have to go in front of the priest. Jesus has said, right now in this moment, you're clean. You're worthy. You're welcome to be in. Jesus already knew what he'd later be able to read, or what we, sorry, would later be able to read in the Bible. Romans 5, 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, this is what we've sung about this morning, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Because he said, I can see beyond anything that would separate you. You're good enough for me. You're clean enough for me. In that blood, you're forgiven Any separation is removed. Revelation 3.20 Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. If who? Anyone. One person's awake. If anyone. There's no explanation around that word. There's no cross-reference. There's no anyone, but you have to bear in mind all these things and all these restrictions. If anyone... So Jesus is establishing the way he sees it. And the word that we're reading this morning is reminding us again how God sees it, that if anyone hears my voice, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Where the Jews were scared of touching the leper, as it would make them unclean, and I'll be honest with you, I'm never going to stand here and lie, there would be a couple of seeds of doubt go through my mind if you walked me into a leprosy colony tomorrow because I'm human I'm flawed I'm imperfect I hope my faith would overcome it but there'd still be that moment of hesitation of God have you got this yeah, come on. the Jews would have had all of that but they also had the religion of their life what they were used to what they were told was right and that this person had to be separate Jesus says no that leper's as much a part of my kingdom as anyone else and Jesus saw right past all of that to the person underneath and that's what I want to talk to us about this morning He saw past this, he saw past the the scars or the mask or what, you know, forget the picture for a minute. However that man was covered with torn clothes, with boils, with mess, Jesus saw past all of that and says, I see who's right under there. And that's the promise for us this morning. Excited? Yeah. 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 Actually right in here he sees beyond the mess to the glorious person beneath. I wanted to call that out because you are glorious, do you know that? I'm not just being cheesy and soft and fluffy this morning. You are a glorious person in Christ. That's what he says. I don't have perfect vision, so I don't always see it. You may not see it in me, but that's what the word tells me, that we're made in his image. We reflect his glory. So we're going to move on. And this is the slightly more challenging bit, because this is the bit where we ask some tough questions. I said at the start, I'm asking myself these as much as you. So please don't be offended by this. But now we've got our heads around God's way. That's why I wanted to do the bit from Luke and Leviticus first. God said, this is how I want it to be. Anyone welcome. Christ died for all. No one separated. Some of what we're doing in this is taking a little bit of a self-check and seeing how we're doing. And if anyone leaves this feeling bad, please don't. I don't want any condemnation leaving this room this morning. Because I can confidently tell you, if you walk out feeling guilty that you're not doing enough, that's a lie. That's a word of the enemy. If you walk out feeling inspired and stirred up to go, you know what? God's way bigger than I realised He was. I want to try something new. Got it? That's great. But if you walk out feeling condemned that you're not doing enough, please don't. That's not what we're here to share with you as a message. So, who's up for leaving a little bit challenged, a bit inspired, a little excited, maybe? Just a touch radical? Yeah. Awesome. So, I'm going to try something. Um, Jamie's done. Just look at me, smile, and tell me it's okay, Barry. Thank you for asking us these tough questions, Barry. Thank you for making me think deeply about my life this morning. <laughs> right, let's do it. So I'm going to grasp the net. I'll just get the questions out there if we have the next slide up. So you can see, sorry, that is the right one. My apologies, Neil, you're ahead of me. These are the questions Jamie showed us at the start of the series. is it possible that we slip slide we chose those words deliberately because actually some of what I'm going to share with you this morning I've got exciting stories from my past that as I wrote these down I'm thinking why am I not like that anymore have I let myself lose some of that fire and that passion that I used to have so I want it back so that's what we mean by slip slide do we turn it into a maintenance program do we lose the potential for exciting dynamic adventure who wants life to be more exciting I didn't say more tiring I can see one or two, thank you Exciting sometimes equals tiring, doesn't it? You think I can't fit anything else in, but I want it to be more exciting. God with us in life should never be dull. Jesus inside of me should never equal a boring life. So I'll tweak these questions slightly to do with mess. If they come up next, I think. Thank you very much. So is it possible that as we try and avoid the mess, we slip slide occasionally? And then if we're trying to avoid that mess, we miss, the, we miss a chance for others? what I've put in there we miss a chance to include others we miss a chance to take the leper like Jesus did and bring them into the kingdom who took a chance on you I know someone embraced my mess and brought me in do we miss the chance to get to change the normal I'm so up for this one because if one thing inspires me to get up here and dig into the word and try and share something it's because the enemy's a liar the world is full of lies about how we should be and what's right and what's appropriate and what's acceptable. And Jesus is the only one who actually has the truth. So I want to see normal get changed. And do we miss the excitement? I've covered that already. But if we're challenging ourselves, it's also worth checking what's hold us back. Because sometimes things hold us back from embracing that mess, don't they? And the same way, I've got three questions on that. Do we hold back because... Uh, it's probably the next one, Neil, I think. We hold back because the person we're reaching out to is too much of a mess. The person that we're trying to grab hold of and share God's love with, I can't deal with that. Sorry, Lord, I know I need to go and talk to them, but right now I can't, it's too much of a mess. I've overcome that once, and this isn't said out of any pride, it's just to try and give you a picture of what I'm talking about. That walking around Coventry at one point, in a prior chapter of my life I wanted to stop and pray with a homeless guy who was sat in a puddle of his own wee on the floor that was an embrace the mess moment because actually what I knew God was telling me to do was sit down with him but that's what I mean when sometimes it's a bit scary isn't it sometimes it's I'm not sure I can do that in that case I did it Um, I'm a mess am I worried about my own mess I'm jumping around a bit, but if you look around this church now, and again, this isn't meant to offend anyone in the slightest, but we're all carrying our own unique little pots of mess with us. Things we're dealing with, things we're facing, things we've defeated, things that we haven't yet. It's too easy to think that I'm the only one carrying this. I'm the only one with this stuff not yet put right. And that can hold us back from pushing on in. So I want to embrace some of that this morning as well, that when we push in for others, we also push in for ourselves, for freedom. And then there's times actually the situation is too much of a mess. I'll give you a story in a minute. But when it just seems too much, and I, I can't deal with this, Lord. How can I step forward? Because that is too much. You know what we're going to talk about this morning? God is enough. God is big enough. He has got this. I hope that's one of the things you see when you come to this church. And if it's not, please love us, bear with us because we're working on it. But we want you to go out of that door knowing that God is big enough. That there's a hope that we have that God can overcome those things we're struggling with. That yes, as Dave said, you can come in and it's alright to be burdened by stuff, but please go out knowing that Jesus has got it. So we're pretty blessed in here. Um, we've got an amazing building. We're equipped to do things really well, and that's good. But we can get a bit comfortable. So this is why we ask ourselves these questions and we dig into what God's word says and we pray about it and we ask him to stir something new in us so we can move on we up for a couple of stories to help yeah Yeah? good so our last church myself and Claire served for about five years in one of the church plants so we had a big church in the middle It planted um, different churches off around the town we're in Um, and it was a good one actually because we left university um, both me and Claire that's where we met we left there we were not used to being up at this time of the morning so the beauty of this church was it met at three in the afternoon, so I could sleep till about one, legitimately get up after lunch, have some food, have a coffee and still make it to church in time to not be late, which we loved. But you know the funny thing about this church is it met in the local, um, we had quite a big housing estate where we were met in the local sports and social club, so we had one room, the big sports hall where they do badminton and other things and quite violent games of football some nights. And then most of the other people that we were living with were in the bar, just the other side of the wall. It made for a really interesting dynamic in church, because you got worship going on in one room, and you've got drinking and football going on in the other. I'll let you think about how that got mixed up every now and again. <laughs> I always remember the day, a couple of uh, our, and I say our, I mean our, because we think of it as our community, but our regulars wandered in. They weren't regulars in the church sense; they were regulars from the bar just next door. And I was stood somewhere at the front here, hiding behind a guitar as usual, leading worship. And Claire was uh, about halfway down, a little bit further, not not far where Mary is actually. Can I ask you to pretend to to be my wife for a moment, Mary? It's going to be really weird, but imagine Mary as Claire, standing, arms raised, lost in worship. I'm playing the guitar, and these two guys wander in, pints of beer in hand, staggering ever so slightly. They were at that phase of. Excuse me, Sophie, I'm going to muck around for a minute. But they're at that phase of inebriated where, you know, you have to look at things really close (laughs) just to try and work out what's going on. But this is going on for me with my... (laughs) She's getting weird. With my wife. Morning, Mary. (laughs) This is going on for me with my wife in worship, and she's kind of lost like that. I'm trying to lead a group of people that we call church. And inside the back of my head is this little voice saying, don't stop them. And the other part of my head is all the human emotion going, don't you dare get anywhere near her. I'm stepping in. If this goes wrong, I'm stepping in. There's quite a lot to process in that moment because I'm trying to what the right chords are, what the next words are, because you know I never get them right here anyway. And they start to wander further down the aisle and they get closer and closer to Claire actually because you can just see the way this is going to go to poke my sensitive points. And just as I did with Sophie there, this guy kind of leers into Claire's face. I don't think she was aware, because she was eyes shut, arms in the air. Either that, or she's a braver woman than I am. Braver woman, you know what I mean. Um. (laughs) Moving on. on. Thank you, Mike. (laughs) But as he leaned into her face, that voice came again and said, don't stop them. Are we ready for that, if that happens here? (laughs) Are we ready if someone walks in off the street, not understanding that what we do in this bit is we tend to sit down while someone talks and while someone sings, we do all of this. Are we ready for the normal to get shaken up? I'd love to stand here and tell you, you know, those guys came from, there was an altar call, they gave. Their, they didn't, not that morning. They were about seven pints in at that point. Not that God couldn't overcome that. But what they did do was we left them alone in a a good way. We kept doing what we were doing because we were focused on worshipping God first. And they wandered towards the back of the church and one of our elders just kind of put his hand on them, said hello, didn't kick them out, didn't make them feel unwelcome and eventually they wandered off. Funnily enough, through those same guys later, we got introduced to a man called Brian who I'm going to tell you about. Now Brian wasn't his name, I'm protecting his privacy a bit here. But it makes me stop and think, if we'd stopped them, if we'd intervened, would that ever have happened? Because Brian was an on-off homeless man in the area who, on-off as in sometimes he had a home, sometimes he didn't. He started coming to our church, he became a massively loved part of the, the family. He had his own unique ways. Um, let's just say he could do with washing more. And that challenges you at times when you're going in to, to hug someone and pray for them. But bless him, he was working through some real tough challenges in his life but we loved him to bits and he walked with us for a few months um, sadly he was also dealing with a few mental health issues and was sectioned towards the end of his time with us we didn't get to finish that chapter with him but the story that makes me chuckle that I wanted you to share was God also you know, when this little voice comes that says are you up for this are you up for doing something a bit weird Brian when he went into the mental home down in Essex um, he had a dog just hold that thought Because God asked us to do something to take the dog to visit him. But before I do that, I've forgotten I need to show you our super sporty, wonderful car. If we get the next slide up. That's a thing of beauty, isn't it? (laughs) Now, I've got to tell you, I work for the car industry, so I've always had access to fairly cheap cars that look good. That's not the one I'm talking about. Um, We traded in a really sporty, fancy saloon, me and Claire, to get this. Because we felt it wasn't serving the church enough, the car we had. This was for shifting a worship team around with all the band and the gear they have so we had a little bit of pride going on I've got to say because we said look at us Lord we've done a good thing we got rid of the nice car we took that Fiat Marea weekend if anyone's wondering even sounds sporty Um, (laughs) so we we had a little bit of pride going on in this because we said we're doing something for God this is our choice to take this car for the Lord so we wanted to look after it that was our treasure and God said will you take Brian's dog to go and see him so should we have a look at Brian's dog it's not the actual dog. It was the closest I could get on Google. But Brian's dog was a six-stone pit bull terrier. And one emotional visit later, I never got a picture of the car. I wish I had. But if I show you this, you get the idea. The back of that car was destroyed. But you know what made it worth every single drop of dribble that I had to clean out the back of the car? Is when outside a mental home in a place called... Wicksford, not Wickford, no, it was Wickford in Essex, not Wixford. Wixford's the one up the road, isn't it? I always get them confused. Wickford in Essex. This guy came out of his um, secure care unit. We were given time with him in the gardens. And he sobbed his heart out. Because yeah. he said, why? What, why would you do that to your car? Why would you put that lump in the back of your nice car? Why would you let it trash it just to come and see me? And honestly, he was soft as you like, this six stone pit bull. And him, as, him, as, him and Brian rolled around on the floor, crying, sobbing, having fun. And he grabbed us at the end. You know what it was mine and Claire's privilege to do? To say, Because Jesus loves you. Yeah. It was Jesus that asked me to bring your dog to see you. It was Jesus that asked me, Would I mind trashing the car so that you could know that God loves you enough to do that? There's loads more I could tell you about. And this is kind of what I said. I, I remember exciting bits of my life. Why have I gone boring? Thank you, bless you, but I have. I'm (laughs) going to talk on this somewhere else, funny enough, about how work and other things push in. Great bit. Sorry, this isn't in the message today, but a brilliant bit on Nehemiah, about Nehemiah's determination to see the walls of Jerusalem get built. How much do we need that? Determination to see the kingdom get rebuilt in our lives. That's what I'm talking about here. Hospital hugs, I wrote down on here. They're another thing I love to do. Trust me, get permission first, because I've offended one or two doing that. But there's that moment when you're lying in the hospital bed feeling yucky and unclean and weak and battered. And if someone's up for it, that chance to reach through beyond the wires and the tubes and the other bits and tell them, I'm here with you, just to tell you God loves you. That's such a privilege, but it means embracing the mess. But it doesn't always go the way we want or the way we expect. This same church I told you about before, we'd been working with a deaf friend of Claire's for a long time brought her to church, this is the moment, this is it, God's definitely going to heal her now, brought the biggest kind of faith warriors we could out of the church, we laid hands on this lady, and nothing happened. And that's part of embracing the mess as well. It's saying, am I going to be honest, sorry, not honest, am I going to be obedient when I hear that voice? When God says, exactly as Jesus felt called to reach out to the leper, am I going to take that step in obedience, knowing that God's got it and he has a plan? I don't know what the plan is with this lady. But what I do know is my kids were watching at the time, and a few years later, no word of a lie, I fell on a cliff path, um, and you can ask Hannah about this one day, but there was an audible crack in my ankle. I felt instantly sick, which I thought was probably a bad sign. Um, I had wellies on, so the beauty was that it started to swell immediately, but the wellies contained it. And you know what she did? Put a hand on it and said, Jesus, would you heal my dad's leg? and he did. There's things that go on when we dare to embrace the mess that we don't get to always understand what's happening in the moment, but I know she'd seen our faith to pray for healing. She'd seen it before, and she's seen that in her life again, and I think it's the same for us. If you get challenged or you get that stirring that says, would you just go and pray for them? Embrace it. It's not always easy, I promise you that. I'm not going to say it is, but if you dare to embrace it, you never know what's going to come out the other side. So I promised you there'd be more of this, thank you, and less of me. I'm going to show you a few more bits from this, because there's a promise from God that says why we can be confident in this. Philippians 4.13, you know this one? I can do all things, that's right. doesn't mean I get to see the outcome of all things, but I can do all things through Christ, who gives me the strength. And then, actually earlier in that one, I've got them back to front here but I like the way it scans in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends which means is beyond goes way beyond what my mind can deal with is beyond all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus Jesus knew this while he prayed for the leper we knew it as we prayed for Brian that the peace of God would somehow help me deal with the mess in the back of the car Hannah knew it as she prayed for my leg at the age of five or six. Moving on, he comforts us in our troubles so we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. It sounds like a tongue twist to that, but there's a depth in that message. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4, that is. It's one I've worked through with the Connect Group leaders, that we've been comforted first. We've been told by Jesus first. And if you feel like you haven't, know that before you reach out to comfort others and embrace their mess, God is there interceding for you and praying for you and saying, my son, my precious child, I've got everything you need for this. That's what this verse is telling us. And then I love this, John 17. Please, if you get time, go and have a read through John 17 and understand what Jesus is saying. It's almost like his last words before he leaves earth. But we know he comes back, so that doesn't work. Um, but John 17, 22, 23, I've given them the glory that you gave me. Can you just grasp that for a minute? The glory we've sung about, that point where we got lost in worship this morning, going, he's so amazing. Jesus prays and speaks over us that we've been given that same glory. Not just for ourselves, but that we could be one, as it says in the text, it says as we are one, as in Father, Spirit, Son, are one. They want that same unity in God's body on the earth. They want the same unity in kingdom. They don't want someone separated out and told to shout unclean and said you're never welcomed in. They don't want someone held back by fear. If you are, bless you. And we'd love to pray for you, but please know that God's vision for us is to be united in him and to be fearless. Do you want some more? Yes. Yeah? Half of you do. This is big, this one. Are you sure you want some more? yeah john basically all of john but it's in your notes you've got various references there kind of 10 15 14 all the way through the book of john are the seven i am portraits of jesus and i love this because this is where my freedom comes from this is what i'm preaching this morning that we shouldn't be afraid of anything because it says i am the bread of life the bread of life is that strength you need It's what gives you enough to get through the day i am says jesus the light think about the world that we go into and the stuff that scares you and the things you see people battling with. Brian's mental health problems. For him Jesus was the light. Jesus was the answer. Jesus was the one who was going to bring him through. I am the door. This is also talked about as the gate. Yeah. The gate in the wall of the city was it was the place where you'd go in for safety and security, but it's also it be your access out to pasture, to feeding, to being strengthened up. I'm the shepherd. Get that Old Testament image of a shepherd in your mind. Not our um, last of the summer wine, slightly cheesy English one. But the Old Testament shepherd was a hard man. He had to protect for a flock that was vastly numerous. But he also had to be able to chase away wolves and bears and give that protection. And the way, sorry, the resurrection and the life. If you're praying with someone who needs forgiveness, it's not your forgiveness you're giving them. Does that make sense? you're bringing them a gift of Jesus saying i'm going to give you a second chance i love you enough the way and the truth in a confused world you've seen the confused.com advert in the minute where they follow all those things hanging off the truck it's a confused world there are a lot of messages bombarding people day in and day out if you want to know where the way and the truth is it's right in this book and i'm the vine that image about the centre vine that we all draw strength from that all our food and our nourishment and our guidance flows from that's our freedom promise that's why we can embrace mess because Jesus said it's him doing it really not us yeah. do you see that? Yes. it's not about when I step into that situation going to pray for someone or put a six stone pit bull in the back of a cheap Fiat estate car oh, sorry Paul gone too far I'm too much of a wanderer. It's not about Barry doing that in my own strength. It's not about Barry is the, the bread of life. Barry, no, it's not. Jesus is. That's the only reason Barry's there, because Jesus is there first of all. There's a story coming later. I'm going to jump ahead to it now, actually. that. Do you remember the story about the woman with the issue of blood? you know, she'd been bleeding for 12 years, the word tells us. She would have been treated exactly the same, well, not exactly, but in similar terms as the leper. That meant she was unclean. She shouldn't be in the company of the Israelite men. She shouldn't be near the priests and the holy people. The reason she had courage to push through is because Jesus was there. The leper had to take a risk. The reason he had courage to push through is because Jesus is there. That's what I want to pray over us this morning as a church. That we'd have the courage to push into new stuff and take a risk. Because we know Jesus is already there. And if Jesus is all of those things on the screen behind me, then I've got nothing to fear. Apart from myself, maybe. So less of me, Lord, more of you, I pray. There's examples in the Word as well of where people have taken those risks and see what came from it. I'm going to have to speed up a bit, so I'll rattle through these. Abraham asked to sacrifice his son in Genesis 22. Now, that was a mess. Spider alert, if you don't know the story, he didn't. But can you imagine that? That waiting all those years for a son, for a child, and then for God to ask you to sacrifice. But Abraham was willing to embrace it, and from that came the nation of Israel. David and Goliath, that's pretty messed up. Because if you think about it, yes, it's God's anointed. We know that. We've got hindsight. We can read the book. Exactly, we've read the ending, thank you, Mike. But in the time... That was the entire army of Israel relying on a shepherd boy, eighth in line to his father's riches and inheritance and all of that stuff. Why? Why would you do that? But David knew. Exactly, I just heard. David knew it was God and he became a king. This one I love. The Israelite spies as they went into Jericho. Where did they hide? In a prostitute's house. Just put yourself in that situation for a minute, would you? Imagine we're Israel and because he's not here, maybe I can risk saying it, but Pastor Jamie comes and sends us in. Go on, go and take the land. And by the way, while you're in there, find a brothel and hide in it. We'd be mortified, wouldn't we? But from the, having the courage to embrace that mess, you get Rahab's salvation. You get Israel finding a way. The spies come back out. They're able to come together with the plan, and eventually the city falls. You know where Rahab ends up? In Jesus' bloodline. I did write it down, apologies I've forgotten, because there's a lot in my brain at the moment, but she's somewhere in the great, 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 great grandma. She was honoured and made part of the bloodline of the Son of God. Joseph. Here's a good one. And Mary's news. Can you imagine that? Your teenage bride, pregnant, and you've not even got married yet, and you know you've not done the thing that leads to the baby being there, so we'd be horrified because we we've got our rules about what's normal and what's not but God had this one too God spoke to Joseph and said are you prepared to take a risk are you going to trust me that this is my child this is my anointed son and Joseph gets to become the carpenter dad of Jesus I'm going to go back to those questions again and if anyone's worried you think I've only covered one out of three don't worry I'm not going to preach for another two two times what I've just done Because actually the more I've looked into the words and the stories and think about how would I embrace someone else's mess, it answers the other two for me anyway. Because if I'm scared of my own mess, all those promises I've spoken over us about why it's okay to, to take a risk, to step out in Jesus, they're the same if you need to take that risk for yourself. Jesus is still those seven I am statements if you're feeling like you're taking a risk yourself. Jesus' forgiveness is still there for you. Jesus wanting to bring you in and so you are clean, you are forgiven. I covered these bits before. The leper was brave enough to ask. The woman with blood was brave enough to push through the crowd. John 3.16, whoever believes, Revelation 3.20, anyone who knocks, all are welcome. And if it's not them... And it's not you, but it's the situation. Can I urge you to hang on to the same truth that we've spoken about? The same truth that His power and His peace and His presence is enough. It's not always easy, but is God enough? Yeah, absolutely. I believe that 100%. And I want to join my faith with yours. So if this morning you're sitting there thinking, I I don't know, this is actually pretty big, Barry well, there's people in this room who are happy to pray with you and join their faith with yours and say, you know what, you don't see it now, but you'll look back one day and know God was big enough. God did have this. When we felt called to move from Essex to Bidford, it was a heck of a mess. We didn't really do it on our own. I got a weird approach for a job that I never applied for. So we kind of questioned God, what's going on there, Lord? We explored it. In 24 hours, we had to make a decision on would we walk away from church, school, friends friends we treated as family down there, support network, connect groups. But there was that deep-seated peace from Philippians that said, you know what, this is the right thing to do. Are we prepared to leap out in faith? I want to show you someone I'm really proud of. Go for the next one. And again. Sorry, I've rattled through some of these at speed. There you go. Not the dog, Claire. We had no idea this was coming when we left Essex. If you forgive the pun, um, we imagine rural Warwickshire as a stone chapel with, uh, I'm just going to say it, ten grannies in there. Apologies if that (laughs) offends anyone. When we left Essex, Claire was working for Waitrose, stacking shelves. She was an incredible mum to our two girls. She was just starting to find out about working life. If you'd shown her this in 2013-14, she would have run a mile. We went back to Essex in the new year to see our old church, talk to some of the people there again. And for me, it was like the first time that hindsight light bulb went on. This is one of the reasons we stepped out into a mess. This is the reason that we were prepared to say, you know what, I'm prepared to turn my back on. Well, not turn my back, wrong words. I'm prepared to walk away from that support network I'd had for 13 years and take a risk. Because God knew that that incredible lady had a job to do in this place, reaching mums and kids of Bidford. I didn't know that. Claire didn't know it. That's what comes from being prepared to take a risk and embrace the mess. And that's what I wanted to share with you. uh, If you're staring at something you have no earthly way of comprehending, you can't see your way through it, please believe me, I have to believe, there is a point at the end where you go, ah, now I know why God did it. I'm not saying Claire's journey's done yet, not by a long shot. That's that chapter. You may not get to see it in four to five years. It may take 20, 30, 40. But is it worth taking the risk? Absolutely. Who needs a bit of that Philippians 4? Peace. Yeah? The peace that passes all understanding, that goes beyond anything our human minds can deal with. Who needs a bit of that, I can do all things? That fire rising up inside. Who needs a bit of that? I'm going to rattle through a few challenges with you and then we're going to pray. Are we up for things to get different around here if that's what God asks for? That's really important, that last bit. If that's what God asks for. Because we'll know when it happens. If those two guys had wandered in and kicked off and I hadn't had that little voice saying, don't stop them. I maybe might have wandered over to say something, but if God asks for it, are we okay for things to get a bit messy? What if God's prompting you to reach out to someone and it's a bit scary? What if God's stirring your heart right now? You'll know it sitting where you are. That you need to embrace the mess of asking for help. That's the other thing I love about the leper story and the lady with blood and the others. Some of them it took real courage just to say, I know Jesus is there and I'm here and somehow I need to get from where I am to where he is. Funny enough, my arm's pointing towards the prayer corner, isn't it? That wasn't deliberate. Jesus can be there with you this morning if you need it, with someone praying for you and interceding and speaking those promises of faith over your life. What if there's an incredible adventure just in front of you, but you need that courage to take the jump? Are we prepared for things to get a little bit messy as God restores his kingdom? I've realised now, I forgot to say at the start, but when Jesus healed the leper, that was radical kingdom kicking back in. Mm -hmm. That's the kingdom I want. That's the change normal. That's The rules of the world don't necessarily apply because if God's word says something different, that's the one I'm going to follow. Are we up for radical kingdom back in this place? And like I said right at the start, if any of you are sitting there thinking, you know what, I used to do some of this stuff. I used to go prayer walking and do crazy stuff like go and find someone and pray for them. Some of that's bread and butter for a couple of people I'm seeing over here. that Routinely go and find people in the shopping, not the shopping, the uh, the checkouts. Pray for people in supermarkets. If there's part of you that used to do that and you want that fire back, then I'd love to pray for you this morning because I'm going through the same journey. I've got busy and approaching middle-aged and some of that fire has... It's not gone, but I've got distracted. Yeah. I want to embrace the mess and get the fire of God back in my life. On, so we're going to take a time to worship some more. Um, em, if you want to bring the team back up. The first song I think Emma's going to do is quite a good one, actually, just to reflect. I'd encourage us to stand when we do it. It's good to close your eyes, but if you can't read the words, then feel free to open them. But to take that moment to reflect, to tune out everything else and go, right, God, I'm here with you now. What is it you're calling me to do? What is it you're reminding me of? What's the thing you're stoking that fire back up inside of me? If you want to be prayed for that that fire would get rekindled, that you're facing something right now that's terrifying you and you want to have those promises of God spoken out over you, come to the front and be prayed for. Come to the side and be prayed for, please. If you need a moment on your own with God, then we tend to do it over that side, just so people know not to interfere, not to, to stop you with whatever you're doing with Jesus. But I'm going to stop there, because I think we're at that point, aren't we, where we come before the Lord and say, thank you, Father. Thank you that you asked Barry to ask me a few of those tough questions and prompt and poke and squeeze a couple of bits. Now, Lord, please tell me what you'd have me take from this and what it is I need to do next. Amen?